Hello everyone and welcome to yet another edition of the Bavarian Podcast Work Show. This is I Need No Name and today I am joined by Fergus and we have a lot to talk about. So first of all, Fergus, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I need no name. Okay, then doing better than me because here it's Indian wedding season and you don't know how many times I had to postpone this in the build up to our recording because I was not at home and getting home right now is was quite quite a challenge with every single relative saying why don't you just stay a little bit longer no but at least i didn't have to watch any more of this world cup which has been so so miserable to watch for Bayern munich fans and the major topic that we have today is germany and their massive failure at this world cup so fergus our first topic today is germany who do we blame for what happened is it Flick? Is it the players? Is it the entire DFB and the system? Where do we start? Well, it's hard to answer that question of where do we start, but I know where we don't start, and that's Hansi Flick. Hansi Flick, in my opinion, coached three wins. Hansi Flick was let down by his players. So maybe it's the players, maybe it's the poor finishing that his forwards showed. We saw that Germany's expected goals were above their opponents in all of their games. But if you watched the games, there was also domination, the Japan game, which was really the crucial game for Germany to take control in the group. Yes, Germany lost the game, but the play, the level of play was higher than Japan. They created more chances and they should have won the game. So I think blame doesn't lie with Flick's tactics. Yes. Tactical decisions were questionable at times, like Nicholas Fulkrug not starting in the last game, for example, or not starting in any of the games for that matter. But still, the chances to score were there. Flick set his teams up in a way that games should have been won, and it lies, I guess it lies on the players' heads for not taking control in these games, even though the tactics allowed them um, to, to dominate the games. But what are your thoughts on that? I completely disagree with that because in my opinion flick maybe bears 80 or maybe even 90 percent of the blame for what has happened to germany in this world cup because first of all you didn't mention it yourself not playing a striker what was up with that nicholas Fulkrug, it should have been a no-brainer playing him in all these games and you mentioned that not finishing those chances getting a high xg and being unable to actually get goals well if you're struggling to finish then why not play a striker guy who can finish chances i get it that Fulkrug is not robert Lewandowski, but at the national team level do you need robert Lewandowski? not necessarily you can get by with a guy like nicholas Fulkrug when you have a system that generates as many chances as flick's team instead he kept on persisting with failed experiments of putting false nines or not like true strikers in the striker position and i don't know why because Kai Havertz, Thomas Muller, these guys are not strikers. And that's such a fundamental mistake that I cannot look past it. Then there's all the chopping and changing at the back and midfield. What was wrong with starting Kibik and Goretzka? Huh? Like, why was Gundogan playing so many minutes? Why did he have to be the guy Flick trusted to carry his midfield in two crucial games against Spain and Costa Rica? It Like, I don't know what he was expecting to get out of these I don't even know what he was expecting from all these changes that he made because I thought that coming into this World Cup, Julian Nagelsmann had laid a great fundamental base for Germany to go and just copy that. And then I, 
maybe not win the World Cup, but at least go decently far in it. And for me, the fact that Germany dominated games on the XG front is just all that more painful because that means that if Flick had only made a few tiny adjustments like to his overall selection tactics, what say you, Germany would be through. And I can't look past that. Yes, I, un- I understand that viewpoint, but I still... I, I still have to come back to this. I think that Flick coached three wins in all three games. I thought that we were the better team, that Germany were better team and created more chances. And yes, you can say that someone like Fulkrug was a striker. He would have scored those chances. Would he have been in the position to take those chances? Maybe. But even if Flick should have played Fulkrug, which I, I do agree with, and even though Flick did make some mistakes, fundamentally, he still... He still coached the wins in these games. He Germany's players simply let him down. Jamal Musiala, poor finishing multiple times across the tournament. Yes, he was one of Germany's best players. His dazzling dribbling in the box was a joy to watch. But what was not a joy to watch was his 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 repeated shots into Rosed, the repeated misses that Musiala had after dazzling with his magic. That's just Musiala though, Leroy Sané, that insane, really uh, good opportunistic chance to score in the last minute versus Spain. Shades of that PSG game where he also messed up in the last minute. I think players like Musiala, like Sané, Thomas Muller, Thomas Muller not knowing how to shoot the ball anymore, always doing quick layoffs. I don't know what happened with these attackers, but they... Yes, Fulkrug could have done better, but these attackers still should have been in the position. Uh, they still should have scored. They had the chances. Gundogan, his decision-making in that first game versus Japan, there were two opportunities where he could have just played square balls, square through balls into attackers, and it's probably a very high chance of a goal. Why doesn't he do that? Flick coached that game situation. That allowed Gundogan to be in those spaces. That allowed those potential 1v1 opportunities. But the, the players simply let down, let him down. Flick, Flick's tactics were dominating. Like, look at the Japan game. Uh, it was just a complete domination from Germany, especially first half. Then Thomas Muller and Gundogan come off. Germany lose control. But if the players are clinical with their chances, they kill the game off before Japan are allowed back into the game in that instant. Well, I... We'll refute this by saying, first of all, you mentioned the uh, poor finishing, but didn't we see this with Bayern Munich early in the season with Nagelsmann that the players weren't really finishing their chances all that often? And then what happened? Nagelsmann made certain adjustments to the system and the players finishing got better. Why did it get better? They were given more chances and also time on the ball to finish by the addition of someone like Maxim Chupamoting to the setup, but also switching to a 4-3-3-1, which the players were a little bit more familiar with. And I would argue that the major reason that someone like Jamal Muziala, who has been extremely clinical at the club level and is generally extremely good with placing his shots, constantly kept mistiming or miscuing his shots in the World Cup stage, is because... Simply put, because of how the tactics were set up, the window opportunity he had to make those shots was so limited that he could not get the placement right. That's the problem with the tactics. Then there are the substitutions. You mentioned the Japan game. Germany were in control until Muller and Muziala were sent off. I mean, sorry, not sent off, taken off. But that's another problem with the tactics that Flick employed. 
first of all, I don't expect him to maybe play Muller for the full 90 minutes in the game that he was just his return game. But he took off both Muller and Muziala and also Havertz, literally all three creative players, and then subbed on Fulkrug and then Makoko. How is that going to work? Okay, how is Germany going to work with multiple strikers on the pitch and no creative players? And that was when the team was still only 1-0 up. It did not take much for France, sorry, not France, for Japan to immediately strike back and capitalize on Germany's small moments of weakness. Same thing goes in the Spain game. You look at his substitutions, the substitutions made by Enrique, they were proactive. They took the game state into consideration. He brought on Alvaro Morata and the German defense, which was just barely hanging on up to that point. They got sliced open. Fair enough. It was a mistake by Kerrer and Sul, but it was going to happen, right? Once they brought on that striker and then Flick, he made his changes maybe 10 minutes too late. He brought on Leroy Sané, who probably should have come on at the 60th minute. And he brought on Nicholas Fulkrug, who the match was absolutely dying to have. And then suddenly Germany looked like a different team. In those last 20 minutes, they could have won it, right? But my question is, why only in those last 20 minutes? Why not 30 minutes or why not from half time? People may argue that Germany might not have had the advantage from halftime because Spain weren't as tired yet. But I would argue that Flick simply surrendered the initiative and realized his mistake and fixed it. But it was too late by that point to actually do anything to seriously fix the hole Germany had dug itself into. And that's why this kind of coaching, maybe it could have been fine in something like a league setting where Bayern Munich would just have seven, eight, nine games overall to fix maybe a two, three bad performances. But in a World Cup setting where Flick had zero room for experimentation and zero room to get it wrong, he just got it wrong way too many times. And that's why Germany are out. And that's my opinion. Another point I would actually like to mention is Germany's personnel, though. Because in the in the Japan game, for example, we saw it's, there's, it's that defense. It was Nicolas Sula howling error to not um, employ the same offside line as his fellow defenders, then Nico Schlotterbeck uh, making a mess out of tracking his uh, the Japan runner. The German defense simply are not that good anymore. So blame for this lies with Hansi Flick also, because I think Mats Hummels has been Germany's best defender, um, arguably, in the past season, even better than Rudiger, perhaps, because even though Rudiger was one of the better players for Germany, and he was decent in this World Cup, he is still a bit... Uh, he's not a super calming presence um, sometimes, especially on the ball, while Hummels could have, I think, offered that leadership that the backline really needed. So I'd say person, um, like personnel-wise, Germans, the German defense was quite shaky, but... Then also in the attack, so yeah, you do say Fulkrug, but coming into this World Cup, Fulkrug never played for for Germany. It would have been a risk to to, to play him in these games, especially against instead of more established names like Muller or like Havertz or like like Musiala or or Gnabry. One of these would have to be benched in order for Fulkrug to come in. And while I do agree, maybe final game Fulkrug should have played. I'm of the opinion that the first two games, it was the right choice to not play Fulkrug, to bring him in uh, at, at that late stage. But also, if Fulkrug is Germany's top striker option, and no disrespect to the man, but 
I'm not sure that he's he's anything close to an elite striker, and this just comes down to the personal issues that Hansi Flick was faced with yet again. If 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 Germany had a Lewandowski, there is no doubt in my mind that Germany would have advanced through and be near heavy favourites or at least favourites to win uh, to win the whole thing. I think Hansi Flick let down by his players' performances, but by let also down by his his lack of options in the key defensive areas and in the attacking striker position. Yeah, well, you think about it this way: this is does this mean that Germany or Hansi Flick can only operate if he has a striker who is on Robert Lewandowski's level? Like, look at all the other talent he has: Jamal Musiala, Leroy Sané, Thomas Muller, Joshua Kimmich, Jan Goretzka. How many of them would you say were used appropriately according to their talent? I would say Thomas Muller especially, he was completely and utterly misused over the course of the tournament. And because of that, we have these debates about whether or not he is done with his career, whether or not he's even going to be able to play a role for Bayern Munich this season, which I find is completely ridiculous because coming into the season, Thomas Muller was one of the most creative players in Europe. And for the last three years, he's been more been providing more assists than anyone, including Leo Messi and Kevin De Bruyne. So when you misuse a guy like that, when you have a working system template from the club level that you've refused to implement, I get it that Fulkrug could have been a risk, but I feel like the alternative for Hansi Flick was far worse and he was just a way too loyal to some idea of football that he had in his head. And because of that, he just lost sight of what should have been done, which is keeping it simple. The second game against Spain, you look at what the kind of roles that players were playing. Thomas Muller was constantly having to chase down the Spanish defenders with like just running all around the pitch. Who who makes Thomas Muller do that? He doesn't have the pace to do that. That's something that Timo Werner would do. So why would you do that with someone like Thomas Muller? He has stamina, but he's coming back from a very long injury and he can't really in the last 90 minutes if you make him play like that. What was the point? It's not like it even forced any advantageous positions for Germany because they weren't getting pressing throughout the whole tournament. So it's kind of those disjointed, weird decisions that I think just cost Germany a little bit too much. I get it. The defense is a problem. And we mentioned in our build-up to the World Cup that the defense is going to be a serious, serious, serious problem for Germany in this World Cup. But I think that all the other mistakes made by Flick in the build-up like they are the ones that really tip the scales because I believe that if, even if Germany had played badly, they could have still qualified out of the group, right? They could have gotten away with a draw against Japan and maybe a draw against Spain and then one against Costa Rica and it would have been enough. But it was just a little bit too much when Flick made his poor substitutions against Japan or when Flick waited a little bit too long to sub on full crew versus Spain or the extremely weird lineup he fields it against Costa Rica. They won that game, but it was more of a desperation play that by Flick that allowed them to win rather than any amazing quality on the German side. So because of that, I, I can't really say that I, I agree that the XG being high gives Germany something to hang on to. They can say that, okay, this is what we can be capable of and maybe Flick should stick around until the Euros and see what he can do. But for this particular tournament, I just think that Flick was mostly at fault. But I have to do ask a question about the talent, which is how much can the DFB, in a sense, be blamed for Germany's talent situation going into this World Cup? 
Well, I think the DFB uh, can be blamed to some extent because Germany, there's no question that Germany have talent, but I think the issue, as I was saying, is the distribution of the talent. And I think Hansi Flick even mentioned this in his recent, some recent press conference. Germany have a great midfield. They have Kimmich, Gretzka. They have decent, like, attacking midfielders, wingers, Gnabry, Sane. They have Florian Wurz, Jamal Musiala coming through the ranks, Mukoku-type players. But there are two or three key positions where there's a clear lacking, maybe even four. But the main ones are that central striker role with, uh, like, a focal point type of striker, Lewandowski, a true number nine, Mukoku can be play a number nine role, but he's not a focal point. He's not a target man like uh, like uh, Miroslav Klose was. But then also these fullback positions, right back and left back, have been a big liability for Germany. I was pleased when Joshua Kimmich moved back to right back, but unfortunately Gretzka got injured at halftime and Kimmich had to move back into midfield. Left back, David Raum is a solid player, but defensively he is still quite suspect. And the centre-back positions, so... Germany's, the, the DFB, maybe the way they are training players, the way the incentives are for clubs to train players, the midfield seems, and um, attacking midfield positions seem quite good, quite well stocked in German football, but the defence, all defensive positions and striker seems like key gaping holes in the DFB's recent strategy. So I think that the, the, there must be some, some, some blame assigned to them for not having the developmental practices in order to foster good players in these positions. But I think also there is a sense that in terms of DFB as an organization, it is going stale. We've had Oliver Bierhoff in here for, I think, 18 years in some sort of role. We already had the debacle of the 2018 World Cup. Euro 2020 was not much better. How long can these guys hold on to their jobs until there is a key structural rethink of how things work as a whole, training methods, everything at the DFB. I'm, 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 I think there should be uh, some sort of change because we've had two World Cups where Germany, one of the greatest teams in the competition's history, has gone out in the first round. This is simply not good enough. And I think that some heads should roll at the DFB. But I also don't think sacking Hansi Flick is in the question. Hansi Flick should remain as a coach for Euro 2024, in my opinion. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I guess I can tolerate Hansi staying coach. I hope that he fixes what's going on with Germany, but my faith has honestly been shaken in him. Whereas for the DFB, I think the DFB are run by morons. I do not trust them at all. I think Oliver Bierhoff is terrible and no one likes him. And fundamentally, I think Germans as a whole have fallen out of love with the national team because of how it's been run recently. It's not just a failure from the grassroots level, the failure to develop a striker, fullbacks, centre-backs, these kinds of things. It's also the failure to connect with the German public to address important issues that pertain to the World Cup. And in my opinion, because of that, that did affect Germany this year at the World Cup where the TFP were powerless to stand up to FIFA and help their players send a message that they wanted to send. That may have set a bit of a tone for the Japan game that should, as far as, at least as far as Khan was concerned, that should have been handled at the top level rather than at the player level before the tournament began. And 
it's just another example of how organizationally ineffective the DFB has been over the years and how it just seems that even after this one debacle, there are no indications that there will be any significant change. We have Oliver Bierhoff still refusing to resign, still refusing to basically say anything about himself or have any signs of self-introspection. And there is no sign of anything really about the change. So I, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just saying that the DFB as an organization, I don't know how much you can credit them for Germany's failure, but they have failed as an organization overall. For sure. But I have one question a bit related to that for you. So we saw that Germany were, they seemed very relaxed despite their precarious situation um, in the game after Japan. They were smiling and training people in the DFB, people in Hansi Flick's coaching staff were quite, they were just relaxed. They were smiling. They were um, taking it chill. What do you think that Germany took things were too relaxed? They weren't focused enough and especially on the Spain result when germany drew with spain they were happy with the result even though that result meant that the tie the, the their fate in the group really wasn't in in their own hands do you think germany should have done more to really go for a win instead of just accepting a draw as a good result for us as spain do you think germany were too relaxed and they weren't focused enough um after that initial defeat to japan well honestly i think this is just how flick rolls because he likes to cultivate uh, manage management style that gives his players confidence, allows his players to have good vibes, be happy, even when they're really, really under the hammer. And that's what we saw. It wouldn't have been a good thing, in my opinion, if after the Japan game, all the heads fell at the German camp and everyone was extremely scared and extremely nervous about Spain. That probably wouldn't have helped them beat Spain. What probably would have helped is a decent lineup, but I guess I've already said that about a dozen times already, so I'm not going to repeat that. I think Germany should have gone for the win against Spain. You had the feeling that after they scored the equalizer, they did not really want to risk it by going forward anymore. And that is something that I find antithetical to the Hansi flick that we know as Bayern Munich fans, the guy who would risk it all, even in a Champions League final, going forward and making sure his players keep playing vertical passes just so he can make it 2-0 when a 1-0 would suffice. So I think there was a certain degree of compromise in the German game. The Germans got a little bit complacent, but also they got a little bit scared. They decided to... How should I say? They decided to play into their weaknesses and shore up their weaknesses rather than play to their strengths. Hence why we saw a three-man midfield with Kimmich, Goretzka and Gunwagan against Spain. And hence why we saw Joshua Kimmich move to right back against Costa Rica. Germany were always chasing problems in this World Cup rather than getting ahead of them and trying to find what works. They were constantly trying to fix things and it just didn't it just didn't come off because in the end, while trying to fix what didn't work, they forgot to find things that do work. And hence, overall, the performances were simply not good enough. By the point that the game against Spain was a draw, I was pretty much completely certain that Germany would have another South Korea moment and go out against Costa Rica because it just had that vibe, you know? I, I don't know how to describe it, but there was the vibe that Germany were going out. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And to turn on the conspiracy theorist hats, 
could Spain have realistically, through the result versus Japan, knowing that Germany weren't going to beat um, Costa Rica by a large margin, but knowing that Germany were winning versus or would win versus Costa Rica in order to knock Germany out, like there was a deep sense Germany did yeah, the there job. Was, Costa Rica. It, it just feels like fanciful thinking, right? Because um, Japan are not easy to beat. We've seen that ourselves with Germany. And while Spain had a gigantic amount of possession in their game, I would not characterize Spain as a team with ridiculous amounts of penetration. They only managed to score a single goal against this rubbish German defense. And that was down to a single momentary mistake. So I would say that Spain genuinely just got beaten by Japan. And if Germany had continued to lose to Costa Rica, I don't think there's anything Spain could have done to prevent their own elimination. So I don't really buy into that conspiracy theory. And even if the conspiracy theory is true that Spain tanked to get Germany knocked out of the tournament, it's not like you can blame the Spaniards for what happened to Germany. Because in the end, Germany lost the games versus Japan and drew the game versus Spain fair and square. There was nothing nothing preventing uh, the team from winning and they just didn't. So that's just what the sport is like. And you just have to take that. You just have to take it on the chin and decide what's going to happen going forward. And I'm not sure what's going to happen going forward, but I think that's probably going to have to be our topic for another day because we have to fill up our next one month worth of podcast before Bayern Munich comes back. Yeah, we do. Okay. So speaking of Bayern Munich, well, it seems to be a general World Cup tradition that at least one Bayern Munich player plays in the final of the World Cup. And this year, the vast majority of our players have already been knocked out in the group stage. Germany went home. Canada went home. Cameroon went home. Who else went home? I'm not sure if anyone else went home, but that is still a vast majority of our players. And now we have France, the Netherlands, and Morocco, I think, who are representing. Oh, yeah. Uh, didn't Croatia go through as well? Or did they not? Croatia went through. Yeah, okay. So Croatia with Stanisic, they are representing Germany at the highest level right now. My question is this. Do you think that any one of these Bayern Munich players will come home with a World Cup medal? I think the chance is still there because France, after the performances they've put through in the last four four games, they have to be everyone's favorite or second favorite realistically along with Brazil. But... I say Brazil. Brazil is a team that doesn't have any Bayern Munich players. Neither is Argentina, arguably probably the first and third favourites for the tournament now. So I think it's a case this year where the real favourites for the tournament, apart from France, don't really include also England. They don't include any Bayern Munich players. So it's it's not looking good for, for this tradition. I think so many World Cups of Bayern Munich players at least one being a winner. France is the only realistic hope, although I wouldn't count Morocco and Croatia out either because I still... Um, Morocco have surprised people in the group. I think that they could have a deep run. It's hard to see them winning there realistically. Croatia Croatia went to the final in 2018. Stanisic actually hasn't played. It's been, I think, Juranovic in the right-back role for Croatia. But... Um, they have the, I think Croatia have the ability to go maybe one or two more rounds 
their team is deeply rooted in that 2018 World Cup final squad, which did so well to make the final, but it's regressed four years on and they did so well four years ago um, for their abilities that I just can't see them getting really past the quarters or semi-final. So I think France is the only hope. France is a big hope, but I'm very worried about uh, this tradition. Who do you what think about, are going to... Yeah, football? I was just going to ask about the Netherlands because De Ligt is there. He's not playing and he's perfectly satisfied with not playing. He literally said to Van Hal after the first game that, yeah, maybe... Julian Timber should play that position. I'm not really good as a right center back and Van Hal has benched him since. I would be pretty satisfied actually if Netherlands make a deep run into the tournament because they're keeping Delict fit for us and he's not playing, so no risk of injury. And the other factor is he's not playing, so he can't be slandered for his bad performances, which is something that I have seen a lot for a lot of players in uh, at least buying colors in this World Cup. So I wouldn't mind Netherlands going far, but based on how they've been playing, it's very confusing that this is even a Van Hal team because they are very effective, but their football is really, really bad to watch. And in most games, I feel like they deserve to lose, but they somehow, they just have a weirdly clinical, I don't know, streak in them, which allows them to keep winning. They have a little bit of a dark horse energy in this World Cup, which might allow them to, I don't know, beat a favorite somewhere down the line. They are already through to the next round after beating the USA. So I think Netherlands have some kind of a shot of maybe making the final. They probably won't win it, but final. But yeah, France seemed like Bayern's best bet. And oh man, um, our players for France mostly aren't playing. It's only Upamecano who is a starter right now. And I did not watch their last game, but I heard that he gave away a penalty. So... That doesn't sound great, but otherwise he has been arguably the best centre-back in this World Cup, which is nice. It's nice to hear that one of our, at least one of our players is having a good World Cup. I wouldn't mind, honestly, if all our players got knocked out early so that they could be back and start preparing for our second half of the season because we have PSG coming up and looking at how Messi and Mbappe have performed in this World Cup, I am very, very worried about that. So I hope that our players come back soon. That being said, I would like the tradition of a Bayern player playing at the World Cup final and winning it to continue. Yeah, it it, ha- it definitely has been a, a poor World Cup for Bayern Munich players. We have the, the Germany players to talk about, which we already talked about in depth. But even some of Bayern's other players, Lucas Hernandez with that big injury. Injury, yeah. Now, Meccano with this penalty giveaway. Davies missing that crucial penalty in that first game, Super Merting's Cameroon are out. It really, it truly has been the World Cup to forget for Bayern Munich. And I checked the schedule. Bayern Munich only play in the Bundesliga. I think the Bundesliga only starts around January 20th. I think they might have a cup game or something beforehand. But it 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 feels like quite a quite a long time period. So what do you think the Bayern Munich players will be doing now that they have been knocked out of the World Cup between now and then? Do you think Nagelsmann will do any additional preparations with them? Do you think it'll actually help us in the Champions League to have really rested players and uh, now that lots of our players are going to be back home for a while? Well, I think that in a sense it might help Bayern Munich having this large contingents of players back from the World Cup and getting rested and being ready for the next leg of the season with essentially what amounts to a full off-season of rest. 
because that's pretty much what it is, right? One almost one and a half months of rest, which is insane when you think about the middle of the season. Compare that to some Premier League teams with I don't know. I think Premier League is still going to have the December games. Yeah, scheduled. December twenty sixth yeah. they return. Yeah, that's that's nuts to me because like how are these players going to cope with that? England is still in the tournament and so many Premier League players are still playing. So in that sense, I think this is definitely an advantage for Bayern Munich going into the later rounds of the Champions League. But the psychological impact of what's happened, especially to Germany players, cannot be underestimated. Now, I could see it going either of two ways. Either it goes like what happened in, for example, say 2012, where the massive disappointment of that year is what allowed the team to sort of give them the hunger and the drive and the mentality to go ahead and demolish all comers next season. Or if it's going to be something like a complete derailing of the season for at least our core players, because you heard the what, what was said by Yozua Kimmich right after the game. He said that he was scared of falling into a hole and he does not know what he's going to be doing in his career, how he's going to get over this. And it was a rare moment of what I would say vulnerability from Kimmich. He was genuinely telling us what he feels then. I kind of related with it because from his perspective, he must be shell-shocked about what's gone on with Germany ever since he joined the team. Just constant failure after failure. And at some point he has to be wondering if I'm responsible. And because of that, that kind of psychological trauma can affect a team, especially when it's as widespread as you've seen with Germany. Nagelsmann, in my opinion, he has his work cut out. He's already decided that the plan, I believe, was that the players who get knocked out in the group stage, they would return to Munich for uh, to continue training for a little while before going on break. But Nagelsmann probably, he decided that the players should not like they don't have to return to the Sabnes Rasa, they can just go straight to holiday and they can come back for the preseason preparations. Like it's technically mid-season preparations before the Bundesliga restart. So I think Nagelsmann senses that he's going to need to build these guys back up because the World Cup really took a lot out of them. Now, if that's going to be beneficial or harmful to the setup, I don't know. All I know is our opponents, our next opponents in the Champions League, PSG, they have a significant number of players still in the World Cup. And depending on how it goes, maybe what about something like a Brazil versus Argentina final and Neymar versus Messi and then Neymar and Messi hate each other and then this completely destroys PSG season. Maybe that that's kind of something that can happen. Otherwise, I would say that it, this is not a great outcome for Bayern Munich. At best, we can say that yeah, sure, our players will get some more rest, but I would have preferred maybe more of our players staying in the World Cup just for the sake of their own confidence. Yeah, no, I would, I'm would. i inclined to agree. I think that it is a major mental destabilization. Even players like Thomas Muller, I think in a recent um, post about the exit, he said it's something like the deepest disappointment that he's he's faced. And these are seasoned players. This is Thomas Muller we're talking about. He's been at the top in the elite basically week in, week out for the past 12 years since the 2010 World Cup. These players have experienced everything but this experience, a repeat failure, which is now affecting Kimmich, Neuer, Muller, um, and other Bayern players. 
it's it's such a it's such a huge failure because not only it's happening for the first time it's happening for the second time with a champions league winning coach like hansi flick in charge where yes expectations were maybe not so high this year but you still expect germany to hit a quarter final i think that the players will really be devastated and it's such a show of their mental character if they're able to rebound uh, coming back for bayern but also for bayern i think in recent weeks, like um, in the last few weeks of the season before the break, Bayern was playing well again, but there was a period of time before Chupamotin came into the team where the we were questioning Bayern Munich's attack. We'd had that run of draws, of course, and I worry if we can go back into, into that kind of form where before the World Cup, all players were firing on all cylinders. Gnabry, Musiala, Sané, they were all playing really well. Kimmich, Goretzka. But after having a bad World Cup and then having this long break, I wonder if the players will lose their form, if they'll lose all that momentum that we've been gathering. And if I think scoring may be a huge problem, if Chupamoting's purple patch also uh, declines after the World Cup, I'm very, I'm, I'm worried again about the Bayern Munich attack. I'm worried that we'll return back to those uh, those drawish games where we can't score a goal, where we dominate XG, but because we don't have that top level striker, I don't think Chupamoting is it. I think that um, he had a good run, but I'm not sure if it'll last. I'm very worried about this uh, when Bayern Munich restarts again. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I can't help but be worried. It might be nothing because I remember back when the pandemic first hit and we had our Chelsea game cancelled. I was worried that up to that point, we had been having a great season and then all those distractions came in and then we had to go back and then finish off the Bundesliga and then another break and then the Champions League. I thought those interruptions would completely derail us, but instead we saw ourselves like literally not miss a beat and win the treble. So that is my only hope that maybe these some of these players at least have gone through certain amounts of disappointment before and the fact that they have a long break might help them forget a little bit or at least might help them deal with it and then when the games start back up the games will be coming so thick and fast they won't have time to wallow in their disappointment they just will focus on the task at hand and decide on well repairing their tattered reputations because a lot of these guys have come out of the world cup with quite a stigma to their names so I hope that happens. I can only hope that happens. I don't want to be negative or pessimistic just after this horrible, devastating loss for Germany and being so far away from the next Bayern game. But uh, there is really nothing much to look forward to right now as a Bayern Munich fan. So, yeah, do you have any closing thoughts or do you think this is this is enough for today? I think that's fine for today. Thanks for okay. having me on. Yeah, thanks for being here. Okay, so this was I Need No Name and Fergus. We were recapping Germany and who is to blame for the failure at the World Cup, as well as what might happen with Bayern Munich after this World Cup. You were listening to Bavarian Podcast Folks. Thank you for listening. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anything that you can think of. We are also on Twitter at Bavarian FB Works. Follow us there. Check out our blog where we have pretty much as much coverage as you can imagine of Germany and Bayern and a wonderful community where you can discuss the games and we will see you next time, which will probably be, I really don't know, I guess Chuck's next weekend warm up, which almost will be a week from now. So yeah, no games. So what can you do? So thank you for listening and good night.